This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7 a ticket veteran and Creed stand, Jake Bakoven. I love that band, Creed. Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. Welcome back. Welcome back to On the Block with Stricken Bach. E Strick here. As you can see, E Strick, my man Jake Bakovin. We're here to talk about the transfer portal. Transfer portal. Transfer portal. <laughs> That's what we're going to talk about right now. 247 has us in the top 50. Lion. They got us in the top 10 at number six. So, what is. This, the new strategy that Nebraska is trying to pull off, are they trying to jump in the portal and make it a one-time thingy? Or are they trying, are they trying to make this an every day, every year, every month thingy where they jump in the transfer portal and pull some of the top of the line wine players that be out there sipping on wine like me? <laughs> Jake Bakovin. What are we trying to do, my guy? Are we trying to jump in the portal and grab everything in there? Or are we just trying to just jump in there and grab everything we need that's in there? What are we trying to do? Yeah, it's fascinating to see how, you know, and I don't think we'll get this answer just this year, but it's fascinating to see because I, I think some teams will. Some teams will start to uh, include the portal a lot more. We've talked about the changing landscape of college football um, and, you know, who's going to kind of take advantage of it. We've seen teams in the past. Bill Snyder, very well known for building his Kansas State teams through the JUCO route. Well, the transfer portal is kind of the new JUCO route, and um, it's just going to be fascinating to see who takes the most advantage of it. Um, I also kind of think of Fred Hoiberg, his time at Iowa State. When he was at Iowa State, it was kind of a big deal. He was reaching out and getting all these transfers to come to, to Iowa State. It was a different way to build a program than people had done before. By the time he gets to Nebraska, everybody's doing it. So it's no longer uh, a little shtick that he can run. Uh, I think they're going to be teams that that do this year in and year out. Um, but I think it, it's going to be a hard read. I don't think Nebraska necessarily is going to be hitting the portal as much as they were this year. This year, it's, it's all about kind of filling it up. Um, obviously, the quarterback room, you needed a, a few quarterbacks there, a few offensive linemen, wide receivers. I mean, just about everything uh, outside of the defensive linebacking room and, and maybe – uh, I shouldn't say the defensive line, uh, the defensive lineman rule. Defensive backs, absolutely, they've hit the portal for. Um, so it's been fascinating to see, um, and and I'll be intrigued to see if it, it's a, a a thing moving forward because you kind of have to think about sustainability, building a uh, you know a, a structure, a foundation. foundation. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this kind of would take away from that, but at the same time. With the best example that we all have is Michigan State this past year, going and getting Kenneth Walker, adding all these players, and completely turning around the program and, and, and the way that it looks in one year. And I think that there are, if you're honest with yourself, if you're a, a positional coach, you know, at the college football level, you know if you have it, right? You know with the kind of the potential, the ceiling that you have with the guys in the room. It would be hard for me not to look at the portal and go, you know, maybe we should at least give this guy a call. So sure. I mm-hmm. think that 
I think that it, 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 it's going to be a hard read to see if Nebraska is one of the teams that's going to take advantage of it long term or is this is just kind of the, you know, you lost a lot of guys, everybody was all in, so some of those guys you expected to return uh, left after the 3-9 and nine season, and so you just kind of forced your hand. Um, or if this is going to be something of the new CEO Scott Frost that we've seen, um, and, and this is going to be a big plan moving forward. I think there's certainly potential for both, um, but I think as of right now, you would think it it's more, has more so to do uh, with the needs of the program and the fact that you're in this situation uh, than a long-term plan, but certainly somebody's going to take advantage of it. Somebody's going to make their name off of it if it hasn't already been done uh, with Michigan State out there. Yeah, there's no question. A couple of notes just to just a reference as we're digging into this transfer portal situation and how it all works. And we did have a few Husker linebackers, obviously that popped into the portal. We had Jackson Hanna, 6'3", 220 linebacker that appeared 12 games for Nebraska during the, th- uh, the 2021 season with one tackle. He redshirted in 2019, but with the emergence of Luke Reimer and Nick Heinrich, he seems like he's going to be returning home. That's what I notice a lot too. When a lot of people that jump in the portal kind of find their way back home, i.e., Wandale Robinson, you know, the likes of them. Some of them mm-hmm. kind of not not saying all, but uh, you know, some of those those uh, <coughs> players they kind of track their way back home. And he found his way back to uh, the Tennessee Volunteers. He came to us from Montgomery Bell Academy in Nashville, Tennessee. Hannah. Now he also has three years of eligibility there, but the significance of that he is going to be a walk on there at the Tennessee Vols. The other one that we had, um, I feel sorry for this one because Will Honus uh, had tremendous potential. He was one that they were looking at in the early stages of his his start here at Nebraska. Uh, he's one that's in the transfer portal, found his way out back uh, into Kansas. He left us, uh, he came to us from Wichita, Kansas. He was recruited by the Wildcats and Bill Snyder back in 217, and he made his way back there as a walk-on too. And I feel bad for him because in 2018, you know, he had some promise, he popped out an ACL uh, and and uh, just came back and, you know, <laughs> found that there was two studs there just waiting on him that gave him the opportunity. And that's the thing about the sport is that, you know, hopefully you don't get injured and somebody jumps in there and takes the reins and, and all of a sudden you find yourself left on the outside looking looking in. So those two have found homes are going to be walk-ons. Another note that just popped up on on the radar was that uh, everybody's been wondering what the heck Caleb Williams is going to do. It is possible. We're not saying this is alleged, alleged, alleged right now that Caleb Williams is looking at Wisconsin. Whoa, Whoa. that came out of nowhere. And uh, that could be a significant get if Wisconsin can land him. What's your thoughts about that? Yeah, and, and it, it, it's been reported. I, I think Greg Hamilton of, ES, of ESPN, uh, G- Jerry Hamilton, excuse me, or maybe Gary. It's tough to read. It's, it's a G-E-R-R-Y, and those ones are already t- always tough. Um, but he's the one reporting it um, that Wisconsin has emerged as a true contender to land Caleb Williams. Um you know, from the outside, when you think about the, the flashy offense that Caleb Williams um, is coming from um, and, and, with, and seemingly fit very well, Wisconsin doesn't necessarily bring that to you, right? But you do think about Braylon Allen, who we would have for a few years. That man just turned 18. Um, as we all know, he's 17 playing running back for Wisconsin and emerges as one of the best running backs in the nation. So that's never a bad question and, uh, or a bad tool to have and, and something Wisconsin can use. 
I'm I'm so intrigued by this because a lot of it might have to do with um, you know kind of donor money or whatever. You you've kind of heard whispers out there as well with Caleb Williams as that that it might be coming down to who can give him the most nil money. And Wisconsin doesn't immediately come to mind when you think of that, but you know they do make, have Big Ten money, um, which is a big deal. Uh, it, it's not necessarily from the university, right? So you kind of wonder uh, where where that would be coming from. But the bigger part of that is is that Wisconsin has kind of been stuck uh, in that same situation for years and years and years where they're like tops 10 and two, right? Maybe 11 and two if you, if you get the right year and win the Rose Bowl or whatever. But you're, 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 you kind of have a ceiling that you can't quite surpass unless you have a Russell Wilson. And we saw that that one year with him. He added that completely different dynamic. Well, it's hard to get a Russell Wilson, but you would think maybe, they, maybe a mobile quarterback would work there. Well, they, they kind of tried that with Gary Anderson and it didn't necessarily work. So they went back uh, to what kind of does work, the foundation of the Wisconsin program, uh, which is not necessarily a flashy quarterback. Caleb Williams is Russell Wilson. I mean, he is he is that next Russell Wilson type um, that would be in Madison that would completely change the way that we look at the Badgers and their potential. Um, and certainly, um, as much as I would, would have liked to avoid Caleb Williams, and, and of course Oklahoma is coming to um, Nebraska next year, and that was kind of the thought is, oh boy, uh, that might be a, a big game for Caleb Williams. You would get him again, again uh, at Wisconsin, but I think it would be great for the Big Ten West. It would be great for the Big Ten overall. Um, so, I mean, because all this time we're thinking, you know, he's going out to USC or something, um, go to some flashy program. If he went to Wisconsin, uh, it would be absolutely fascinating. Again, it hasn't been um, – it's not a done deal, but they're, they have emerged as a front runner, which I just don't think anybody saw. But immediately my mind goes back to the Russell Wilson season and how much that changed um, the ceiling of Wisconsin that year. Yeah, no question. That was a great addition. And, um, you know, there's one thing that Nebraska did. They made another addition as well, landing a cornerback uh, that was a great find uh, who had uh, an, an original commit to the University of Alabama. Ooh, big one. <laughs> Alabama. His name is Javier Morton. Javier Morton was added as another piece to the secondary on Tuesday out of Garden City, Kansas. He went to JUCO. After the commit to Alabama, um, he announced that he would commit to the bid red on uh, Tuesday. Morton was initially um, a three-star recruit who had offers. Um, they say his overall rating was an 88, so they say he was a three-star at a high school. He had 20 programs that was after him, sought his, his uh, playing abilities from Arkansas, Auburn, Alabama, Florida, LSU, Michigan, Nebraska, and others. Those are some good names to be in there and to land them. As a 6'2", 197-pound cornerback is a good find for Travis Fisher in that group. Uh, You know, the thing that I loved what he said, he said, you know, they they sought him and they wanted him to be that change. That's the type of conversations I love to have with the players. That's the type of conversations that I think Hoiberg even needs to be having with, with the ones to keep, you know, we need you to be the change. Are you going to be the change or are you going to change and change your, uh, your address and do something else? Or, you know, did you, what did you come here for? Did you come here to be the change or are you going to make a change? You know, those are the type of conversations I love. Uh, they're looking at him to be a boundary corner and also to do some special teams, which has obviously been a problem for the university of Nebraska 
What's your thoughts on Javier Morton? Yeah, it's exciting. Obviously, like you said, coming from the JUCO ranks over there from Garden City Community College in Kansas, he's he's got no shortage of uh, confidence. Is uh, kind of reading up on him from Brian Munson, who I, we actually had on the water cooler earlier today. Um, it was, and we kind of asked him about you know you know different players and, and kind of what they bring. But you know, he wrote this great article uh, on Husker Online about Javier Morton and, and Morton, like most defensive backs, no shortage of confidence. So I mean, he plans to eventually go pro but it's it's just fascinating um not to you know obviously anytime you get a guy with the Alabama commit uh or not a commit but an offer at one point in time you know that there's something there you can trust that, that Nick Saban does his homework before offering a kid so that's that's pretty exciting um had to go the Juco route you don't know necessarily what the offers were this this go around um but it's just fascinating overall Nebraska losing three of their four starters out of the secondary last year uh now are bringing just heavy heavy portal additions from the defensive backfield um you know Jaden Gould being one of them Deshaun Singleton Javier Morton who we're talking about Tommy Hill the transfer from Arizona State Omar Brown another guy so that's five guys that they're adding into that defensive backfield unit which kind of tells me a few different things one they're 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 probably looking for the immediate starter right I mean uh I don't think you go that heavy if you feel pretty good about what you have in the room so um I I don't know you know Travis Fisher has been an excellent coach one of the better coaches at Nebraska on this staff um, as far as developing that secondary, um, but maybe there was a shortage of, of game-ready guys, and, and that doesn't mean maybe give up on those guys or their career or their scholarship or anything like that, just maybe not ready um, to be a starting black shirt quite yet, so they're, they're adding a lot of competition to that room. Uh, it could be the complete opposite. Maybe they're just looking for depth, they like what they have in front, and they, they, they think they have their, starter in the, their starters in the room, but they need guys behind them to provide some depth, but overall, it's going to be one of the, the the better competitions I think in the spring when we get to see them go out there in this in spring practice there's so many great ones to look at running back and quarterback are kind of kind of overshadow the other um, positions that need to be filled but the secondary as far as the defense goes that's the big question you kind of know what your starters look up uh, in that front seven what they look like the, the secondary is anybody's guess yeah no question and and then that is uh something that to have this kind of land, to find themselves on 247 uh, sports uh, in the top 10 as a number six ranked recruiting class out of the transfer portal. I think those are good, good things to find. Obviously, we still don't know the details. We still don't know the outcomes. We still don't know the depth. One of the things I do love about a lot of the people that they did secure out of the portal is that they have some tenure and some time left. They're not just all one done guys. There are guys that you can build a foundation off of if they come in and stay the course and build and and want to stay and and see that change that Javier Morton was talking about is if they're if they're really serious about that there can be tremendous um, things that can be done based on you know just just creating that solid foundation that unity that core and if you want to be that core that's an opportunity for them to do so with the time that they have with their building what they're trying to build down there in Nebraska coming back. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about the futures of Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Where are they? What are they thinking about? What are they considering? What do you think they're going to do? We want to hear from you on the text line as well. What are your thoughts? Where do you think they may land? Will they stay where they are or are they going to move elsewhere? Or are they going to retire? 402-464-5685. Also call us on the Honda, uh, the Lincoln of Honda Lincoln of hotline. At the same number at 402-464-5685, right here on 93.7 The Ticket FM, theticketfm.com. We'll be right back after this.